is Nadia with Be The Boss Podcast. On our podcast, we talk about how to become your own boss physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That's right. On Be The Boss Podcast, you can reach out with your questions and topics, and we'll talk about it. In other words, you reach, I teach. So make sure you write in and leave your comments below. You don't got to be the man. But you can always be the boss. Is this thing on? Mic check, mic check. Good morning, Tampa, Florida. This is your host, Anime, with the lovely co-host. Natty Light. Stop saying that. Nope. <laughs> All That's right. It. Natty Light. And we're here interviewing the lovely Katrina, who I know is K-22. So, Katrina, uh, say hello. Hi, Tampa. <laughs> so, Katrina is a very interesting interview today because the reason I invited her to the podcast is just off of conversations with her. Mm-hmm. I find her to be one of the more fascinating people that I've met on the planet. I don't fully comprehend her because she's very complex, very a big ball of energy, a lot to offer, a lot of knowledge and insight. And so today we're going to pick her brain. She's also an entrepreneur, so it all fits in. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Katrina. Um, so what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a real estate agent. Yeah. I am. I work for EXP. Uh, I got my license in February of this year. Wow. Um, and yeah, prior to that, I was a yoga therapist. I specialized in trauma. Hmm. Um, so quite the stark difference between what I'm doing then and what I'm doing now. But yeah, I love real estate. I love um, living in the Tampa area and being able to sell where I live. Oh, wait, where are you from originally? Uh, so I was born in Clearwater. What? I was. You're native. Yeah, native 1979. Florida. Shout out. Um, but then I spent some time, moved from there when I was eight, grew up in the Northeast Georgia Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Northeast Georgia Mountains to Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia to Hilton Head Island, ATL, South Carolina. <laughs> and uh, just made my way back here a year ago. What brings so, you back home? Yeah. Uh, our 13-year-old, Emily, mm-hmm. in part, she wants to compete collegiately. She's a gymnast. So uh, she told me when she was 11, we were watching the sunrise. She said, Mommy, I'm going to go to college on a full-ride scholarship. And I knew then and there we had to help support that and find a gym that would be able to train her towards that goal. That's awesome. So, yeah. My husband owns his own company, Mm -hmm. so he can work from anywhere. Um, I had been seeing the signs. It was time for a career change for myself. And here we are. What made you choose real estate? Good question. I um, So six years ago, we began Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. Okay. Um, kind of just changed the trajectory of our finances. Like we kind of awoken then to what the hell were we doing? You know, my husband's eight years older than me. So we had never really been, we had never had a track for retirement. Um, Then we took Financial Peace University and followed some of his steps. That's Dave Ramsey's Mm -hmm. philosophy. Um, Followed some of his steps. Really works, right? What we focus on will grow. So we got out of debt, um, considerable amount of debt in 17 months. We started a not... That's awesome. Yeah. We started an emergency fund. And for the first time, we actually saw like retirement could not only be a possibility, um, but that we we were heading there. So... 
from Dave Ramsey, I started questioning, like, not all debt was bad debt. Mm -hmm. So started asking, like, who else was out there? Who else could we learn from? So Mm -hmm. I picked up some Robert Kiyosaki, um, and he sort of shook things up for me as far as diversifying Mm -hmm. and getting into real estate investing. Um, So that began kind of my... um, curiosity about real estate investing. And I knew in order to become an expert in the field, I would need real estate knowledge. Um, Backing up to childhood, growing up in Clearwater or in childhood, I grew up in real estate. My dad was a real estate agent. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, in part. um, So, yeah, that was, that was it. We moved here to Tampa. I, um, this is kind of crazy story. We bought a house that has a yoga studio in it because I still wanted to teach. Okay. And um, I went up to the Kripala Institute back in November, October, October of last year. So are you guys familiar with the Kripala nope. Institute? Okay. No, so shout out to the Kripala Institute <laughs> in Massachusetts. What I'm about to say, it's a totally great place, but just my experience there. Um, so they were offering the trauma-sensitive training that I needed to book end. So it was a two-year residency in the mm-hmm. trauma training. Um, so I went up there to do that. Wow. And while I was up there um, with 60 other professionals in the trauma industry, mm-hmm. it was kind of a reawakening of some of my own trauma, wow. which... I think, you know, in part, we're going to get into a little bit of owning your journey today and what that looks like. And everybody has some part of trauma living within them. So it kind of reawakened my mind. What was that? If you're lucky. Yeah, right? (laughs) If you're lucky. If you're the chosen one. Um, So, yeah. So I knew then and there that I was done teaching, that I needed to get back to my practice, that what I held deeply within me, that yoga can heal and does heal. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to reclaim for my own. And if I was being true to thyself, I needed to stop working in what I needed and, and using that as a means for um, financially contributing to my family. So I packed my bags. I booked myself an early flight. Drove through the worst torrential downpour in the world. And I was so sad. Like, I kind of knew something was over. But I had been listening to all these podcasts and bigger pockets um, on investing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, why not? Like, just get my real estate license. Yeah. Like, it's never going to happen if I don't go do it. Right. So I did. I came home. I Googled Tampa's top real estate agent. I ended up meeting with this guy. He wasn't the top agent. Not, me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not no. yet. Um, he wasn't the top agent, but I liked what he sold. And he gave me this book. Um, and it was called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. It's a Keller Williams yep. book. Uh, and I went home and I, I devoured it. Yeah. I devoured it. And I was like, I don't know who this Gary Keller is. Um, and side note, I don't work for Keller Williams, <laughs> but I did. Um, So I don't know who this man is, but I love his abundant mindset. And, you know, you want to live in abundance? Like, be surrounded by an abundant tribe. Mm. So... I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what this man says, right? I'm good. I'm kind of good at following directions for a little bit. Like right. <laughs> Dave Ramsey, we followed the first three, and then Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just taking a little bit of everyone, and um, 
So yeah, that's that. That's it. That's how I got into real estate. I'm kind of focused more now on selling. We do have um, a plan. We're going to buy one property every year for 10 years. There you go. That's that literally year plan. my plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, so my financial advisor knows, and we are currently in the phase of like scoping out which property because we don't have to buy until February. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just those two, blending those two worlds together. And also the fact that I do love helping people um, in any facet. So I do believe that there is a calling of service in this real estate industry, that you can really serve another. It's bigger than just a transaction and a commission. Mm -hmm. That There's a possibility to help people see the possibility for themselves of dreams that they want to accomplish. Yeah, and it's amazing wanting to help you because there's so many bad real estate agents out there that I've met personally, even when I was trying to buy a home, that it's just terrifying that I understand just because I know real estate agents as friends, but there's people that actually go to you and you're giving them this terrible advice mm-hmm. that just doesn't work. And then they they end up either getting something they regret or they're not happy or they never find the perfect home that they love and they just are pushed into settling for something. Sure. Yeah, so it's great that you have that people focus there. You're one of the one real estate agents that I know that you actually make friends with everyone that you work with. <laughs> so even after the home and the closing is done, you'll still call them. They'll still call you. You probably still hang out. I you do. You know their family. I do. I find I, that hilarious, but it's pretty cool. Awesome. <laughs> I value it. You know, it's such a big life journey um, mm-hmm. to purchase real estate. Oh, um, and so it's kind of an honor. And this is what I feel like I took from my teaching journey, like the yoga, being in the yoga world to hear. It's like... I used to tell my students at the end of practice, take your journey off your mat and into the world. And what I meant by that is just really those first two limbs of yoga, our yamas and our niyamas. I haven't even been drinking in that (laughs) (laughs) Tea time. (laughs) Um, uh, So like, for instance, ahimsa, Mm non-harming. You know, how do I pertain that to my own work? Like non-harming, I'm called to that responsibility non-harming in my thoughts, my words, or my actions. And excuse me, that's a huge responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. To encounter these people who rely on me to help them make one of the biggest transactions of their lives. And like, totally. how am I not going to harm them? You know, how yeah. am I going to protect them? And then integrity and asteum to not steal, you know, to not steal anything from them and, and not just we think of stealing as taking something from another, but it's on a it's a it's on such a bigger plane. Mm-hmm. You know, their time, their joy, their resources, mm-hmm. their energy. Yeah, time. their energy. So Absolutely. I tend to see it like a little bit. I think more you than just be a business. A, a balancing act in the world. You wanna be a force for balance. I always say that. Yeah. Don't take I, I just, you just wanna be neutral. I like to be neutral. I don't like to take or I'll add, I guess. You're an adder, and you are so neutral. Like, you are I'm, the neutral, neutral one. Neutral is my, my, my I vibe. I love it. I like neutral. That's my tribe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat much. I don't like much. Just relax. Relax. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's a good balance so you, to have. So you're basically a yogi real estate agent. Um, well, I'm a real estate agent, <laughs> and I practice yoga. Yogi. So, yeah. And actually, that's funny. When I first started, I, w- I was like, oh, I got to be the yogi real estate agent. And there is. There's a yogi agent. Is there really? Kudos to her. She's in, in Miami. And then I realized I just kind of want to just 
be me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I do practice yoga, because yoga's everything, right? Yoga's mm-hmm. not just warrior two, but yoga is <laughs> just a way of life. Right. And so if I'm challenged now because I do have this knowledge and I did get to study under some amazing teachers to then take that into every area of my life um, and apply it and practice it, even within real estate. So, yeah, I'm a yogi real estate agent. <laughs> all, <laughs> these, all these titles, we right? Labels. How did you get into it? Uh, yoga. I mean, it's such an ah, interesting career path. Okay. Yeah, what led so, you to the path of yoga? Uh, 13 years ago, I gave birth to my daughter, Emily. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom, and by week four, I was like, get me out of this house, and the only place that would take child children that small was the YMCA. Oh so I joined the YMCA so that my child could go to child care, mm. and I could get out of the house and talk to adults. Um, and so, yeah, um, they had a yoga class, and then shortly around that same time, my neighbor across the street, who you remind me a lot of, um, Rodney, he was training for triathlons, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I'm a big goal kind of girl, so and I also don't believe I can't. Um, so that's kind of the way we raised Emily, which mm-hmm. you asked me about that one day, just not believing you can't. So I was like, you're training for triathlons? Like, I'll, I'll train with you. Um, <laughs> so why, why not? My baby's six weeks old. Let's do it. Um, so that's what happened. Okay. And I started training for a triathlons or a triathlon. Um, and I came to know yoga as my fourth sport. So uh, I used to say when I started tra- uh, teach teacher training, my kind of my testimony about yoga was I went for my body and I stayed because it awakened my soul. Um, so mm. I got on the mat and I thought it was all physical, and I was so wrong. <laughs> it was so it it awakened me. Um, it, it was part of my awakening, the journey to the mat. Um, and so that led me to asking questions like, so where do all of our lived experiences go? exist, mm-hmm. right? Where are they? Like some of us act them out. We act them out in a way of a bottle or food or shopping or whatever. Um, but where are they? And so that led me into the studies of, of um, they live within us our lived experiences that aren't processed. We actually store them in our fat cells. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's unprocessed emotions. There's a great book by Carol Thurman, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. And um, so... I like that already. Right? Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. I need to get you a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a phenomenal read. I carried it around like like a Bible for like four years. Um, So I started when she was four weeks old. I used to think, huh, goal girl here. Um, I was enamored by the teacher, but I used to think, oh, my God, how does she remember all this stuff? Like, I could never teach yoga. Uh, But then year seven, so we were in Atlanta at the time uh, at the YMCA, and then my husband got headhunted to um, Hilton Head Island. Mm -hmm. So in 2013, we packed up. Our daughter was in fifth – or kindergarten and we moved to Hilton Head Island uh, and that year I got sober from alcohol um, and I credit yoga I credit my yoga practice to start asking like what am I doing and why do I keep drinking to excess and not wanting to be part of 
life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do I keep running from life, you mm-hmm. know? And using bottles, my excuse, using alcohol is my excuse. So I got sober. I quit drinking. And that's when I was like, there's something to this. Something's going on with this yoga that I don't know. And it was just intriguing. And I kept going back. And that's when I found trauma-sensitive yoga. Um, And it kind of, I had been my own guinea pig. And I didn't even know it. You know, I had seen a lot of therapists. And I had done a lot of work. um, But I wasn't, there wasn't a shift that had happened for me until mm-hmm. until yoga. And it was undeniable that these changes were going on within me. And it was just, I felt like, because I kept returning to the mat. So that's when I was like, I'm going to pursue teacher training. I'm going to teach this stuff. That's amazing. You know, because I want other women to know that you can move through it. Mm-hmm. You can move through anything. And everything is possible. Like, healing is yours. You know, and you don't even, some some, I didn't even know it was, it could be, and yet it, it began to happen for me. So that was it. So I went to teacher training, and then what's next after teacher training? <laughs> got to one-off that, got right? Yeah. <laughs> so I got to pursue the trauma. Because the physical, you know, the asana of yoga didn't really intrigue me. Like, mm-hmm. it stopped intriguing me. Like, yes, it's a good workout, but the spiritual became more important to me. Once I started to study Patanjali's sutras, and it was like, whoa. How did I know this? What's the difference between the first version of yoga and the trauma-sensitive yoga? Like, how is that different? That's a great question. So there are many different forms of yoga. There's there's different practices. There's Bikram, which is a hot yoga. There's uh, there's Vinyasa, which is a flow and arc. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not. Trauma-sensitive yoga is just a yoga that holds space for anyone to honor and move through their trauma. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a vinyasa class, if you're going into community and practicing, a vinyasa class is just going to take you through the arc and the flow and Emotions. same thing with a bikram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. quite um, they're quite uh, predictable mm-hmm. uh, and that creates a safe space, right? So you know what you're going to do get when you go there. With trauma, it's a, it's and it's sensitive, right? You wouldn't necessarily go into a group setting. So I saw women one-on-one. Um, and you just hold space for whatever may come, right? Because with trauma is associated these emotions that we have suppressed. Mm. Anger, denial, resentment, blame, shame, guilt. Mm. Um, just a lot of pain. So thank you. Thanks. So, it, so trauma-sensitive yoga holds that space for whatever needs to come up, to come up. Is it focused on movement or is it focused on breathing or both? Both. Okay. Do you both. speak? Um, can, yeah. There's no, yeah. So you just, so someone can just be going to the movements, going to the different positions, and then because with the intention that they're focusing on trauma, things happen because of that? Or is there a dialogue that starts this? Or So all great questions. The intention is is just to be, just right? To be. And to allow whatever allow. to come. So to open come. the gates. Let things yeah. go naturally. Okay. Yeah. Put down the barriers. Without an expectation. Like, I'm not here oh. on my mat to heal, right? But I'm here on my mat, and whatever may happen, I'm open to it. So I think the mat just provides a place where you don't have to run. 
Mm. You know, it's that safe, sacred space where the distractions are turned yeah. off. And you're in a time where you actually have time to breathe and think and you go through the flow. You do, yeah. right. And how often do any of us take that time for ourselves, right? right? Which is kind of why trauma goes on and gets on and becomes, it's like unprocessed continuously. Oh, Take grief, for example, right? Mm. People like, constantly try to fill up their time with more things to do so they don't have to process it or deal with it. Correct. Just more and more busy and busy. Yeah. Correct. I, I'm a strong believer that we cause our own stress because we just can't deal with like nothingness. Like, we can't deal mm. with relaxing. We saw that, I think, a lot in quarantine now. People are freaking out, protesting. I can't wear a mask. I can't sit home. I want to go back to work. Um, and when we don't have the option, everybody's like, I want to stay home and watch Netflix. So I think people don't know how to just process being at home alone, doing nothing. I, I think that's very hard for us as a society. I think you said it. It's being alone. Yeah. We don't know how to be. Yes. We're constantly so doing. Alone yeah. off and it's just be. It's hard to be. Yeah. We I, Honestly, we're never taught how to be. We're taught mm. what to do, what do you yeah. want to do, how you can do it, train to do it. Like, it's always, and I mean, this is probably a coincidence, but we're called human beings, <laughs> not human doings. But I'm like, I've always said being is what we are. It's what we do. And mm-hmm. if you can't do that, you're going to have a problem because then you're always going to be constantly distracting yourself. It's yeah. so and that's brutal yeah I've seen it in so many, and I've, I've even seen it myself I, I'm constantly like doing more projects I got got so many side hustles going um, but I make sure because I know my weakness like I know my weakness is that if I have a moment of free time I'm like oh I, new side hustle let me go do that uh, so I have to like create like weeks where I don't do anything just so I can just be and relax and not have all these other things going on that's right I heard a message preached one time at a, at a church my husband attended, and it really sank into the depth of my spirit. Like, he was talking about the Sabbath and taking all religious mm. pillars off of this. My only aim at this is that something I might take away from his sermon that day was if I don't prioritize a Sabbath, be it it's a day or an hour or five hours— then it's going to be too late when the sickness sets in Mm -hmm. or the divorce happens Mm -hmm. or the loss of that relationship with my child. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just about prioritizing that time Mm -hmm. to be first. And I think that's, for me, what yoga... I mean, for me, that's what yoga does. Like, if I can... If I, if I set my intention to practice every morning before I begin my day, then I feel like I'm kind of living in that, like, proactive life mm-hmm. where I'm not reacting, which is what we were talking about earlier, um, and responding, just responding right. to life. And listen, I don't have it right. I mean, this is... Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is... But you're, own, but you're like, owning your journey. I'm owning my journey. Day, yeah, you know? it is, right, yeah. You know, there's a reason why... In these interviews, I always say I only want to interview artists. And when I say artists, I interview anyone. It doesn't matter what your profession or what you're doing. And the questions I ask is always about the essence of the person. Because mm-hmm. I believe in the artist is where the human lives. That's where you're allowed to be what you are. What you can do for hours on end without any thoughts, without any restriction. So for me, it's music, writing, anything expressive. And so I love to ask people what they're passionate about because that's who I want to meet. And that's who the person is. So you are a real estate agent, but actually you're much more than that. And it's, it's very obvious through the work that you do. You know what I mean? Like people don't probably won't talk about you. Oh, this is my agent. They'll be like, oh, I have a friend 
who can like you know what I mean? You're probably introduced in a different way because you mean more to them than just an agent. Mm. And that's the person I want to talk to. Mm. So the being, mm. the essence. Ain't that right, Natalie? Like, facts. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. <laughs> I don't know, but I do love that. that can, can I ask you something else? Oh, so, my God, open. Ask me away. I currently yeah. don't have any kids that I know about. Mm. So in your journey, <laughs> you gotta obviously that <laughs> you gotta add that disclaimer. You know, you might get that call that one day. But like, so, what did having children do for your journey? I'm just curious. Wow. Okay. So the part of the story I left out originally was I do I do have two bonus kids because mm-hmm. I said Brian's older than me. Uh, so when I met Brian, he was a single father. I was 22. He was, what, 29? And he had a five- and six-year-old. And he had full custody. Hmm. So I had kids kind of early on the onset and not even having birthed them. And I was 22 and kind of a hot mess. And I, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a lot of a hot mess. But um, so I got to interact. I got to have my world kind of defined in that mother role sort of early on. Um, but I didn't appreciate it. I, I couldn't appreciate it. And I didn't understand really what that meant. I was very selfish mm-hmm. and self-centered. And so I didn't, I, I, I didn't offer those children a lot. I kind of grew up with those children. Um, they're 25 and 24 now, and we have a grandbaby. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, exactly. she's amazing, Zariah. Um, Emily was a different story. So Emily was when I was 28. I birthed her when I was 28. And and kind of, I was still a hot mess, but I was less of a hot mess than <laughs> I was at 22. And um, Emily's story, birth story, is incredible. I mean, for all odds, she should not have been here. So I'm going to tear up. Oh. Um, so she's my miracle. You know, she's, she's, she's a miracle. She is the miracle. Like, I... I didn't really understand the concept of God mm-hmm. until I had Emily. Mm-hmm. And then I saw God. Mm-hmm. And I saw God in everything, you know, um, because there was no answer to her birth other than something energetically outside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was purposeful. It was, it, was, it was the first time in my life I saw purpose. Um, and I began to understand that the way that I was living Groundhog Day, you know, just drinking at night, working out during the day, um, there was more. Mm. She showed me there was more. She was this tiny little perfect bundle. Like, I was so worried. <laughs> I was so worried about having an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> In the back of everyone's mind, oh, like, I hope my baby looks good. <laughs> Yeah, and she came out, and I was like, oh, she's beautiful. She was beautiful, and not like a biased beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I'll show you pictures. Now, from the age of four months to a year, she was, she was funny looking. She was huge. Oh, my God, she was so chunky. <laughs> but um, she was a beautiful baby, and and there was, there was it was changing. It was life-changing, and she's, a, she's, she's my teacher. She, she calls me on my shit. Can we cuss on you? Like, <laughs> We've been doing it a long she, time. Yeah. She calls me on my stuff. Man, she calls me in. She she keeps me in awareness. Um, she's challenging. You know, it's it's 
I wouldn't tell a whole lot of people this, but like, <laughs> if you're verge on the verge of like, do I have kids? Do I not have kids? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a huge undertaking. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous undertaking. And someday, I'm still selfish, you know, and I still, I still like my time by myself. Um, and I wouldn't say that I'm like, and I love being a mommy. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't. I'm not like the mommy mommy, you know, I don't, my center, my child is not the center of my universe, but I don't mm-hmm. think she acts that way either. Like you've been around her enough. Pretty so independent. Yeah. Yeah. She's like her own existence. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I asked you, how'd you do it? I'm like, is that just her or that's you? Like, how he, did that happen? Like, he did. He asked me one day, he's like, how did she get this way? Yeah. And that, my answer to you was like, we just, she just didn't think she couldn't, you know, on anything. Mm-hmm. Like all her life, she just, mm-hmm. I think we raised her, we you cultivated, yeah, we cultivated her cultivated that within her that she could so yeah so I I love being a mom I love having this relationship with her but I love most the interaction that it has taught me within myself and for this world like what she has brought to that um and so she's with me every day so she's a constant reminder of that whereas my other two children you know the older ones like there's some regret I have, you know. They're they're a big reminder of like how much I messed up <laughs> while they were younger. Well, you're but still they're so up. forgiving. They're you're, and you're, they're so forgiving. And and we talk about everything. I'm super open in our family. We there's amazing. no topic off limits. That's good though. Yeah. That's that's the way it should so, be. I mean a family. I I've always I I have like a a personal connection with what you just said. So with your, your first two bonus kids, if I can call them that. Yeah. So my mom had kids young. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I was older that I can see that, wow, she was still growing up as a person mm-hmm. while being a parent. And so I was able to forgive her for a lot of things. A lot of things that I'm like, well, that was me at that age. You know what I mean? I'm like, but then it wasn't until like later in life I was able to retroactively, like in retrospect, appreciate everything because that, that was must have been really hard mm. right? I mean, so hearing you talk about it and you have your little regret about i'm like it's not your fault you're you're 22 <laughs> yeah. you're still becoming a person and yeah. you're raising a person it's kind of a, a tall order at the time you know yeah thank you yeah. my um, my 25 year old sent me a message the other day he's in med school in columbia and the message was like his friend whatever his friend's name and then his girlfriend madison we're sitting around watching some yoga documentary and mm-hmm. something else. He's like, just thinking of you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know? Like so he, that's how you know you did, did He does forgive. He does forgive. <laughs> and we, and we've, we've come to this space where, yeah, they do appreciate. And I appreciate, mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, having had the chance to to have them and to kind of make those mistakes and, and receive that grace. And, um, yeah. That's amazing. Kids are awesome. Yeah. They teach us a lot. Yeah. We, I mean, even though we're ra- people are raising them, right? Parents are raising them. I think they teach their parents a lot. Mm. Just about themselves and I, everything. Like I've been that. trying to make myself as teachable as possible. Because I, I know I have a lot to learn. And I've been setting up my whole life for kids. Mm. Like, so I, I want to make sure. That's why I'm very big on passive income. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're not raising your kids and the school is, the streets are, the coach is, wherever, <laughs> wherever they're hanging out, that's what's raising your kid. And I'm like... I want to be there. I just want to be around. I don't have to teach them everything or whatever. I, I just want to be present. I want to be an audience at least. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm the same. I just way. want to be able to. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I don't want to have kids unless I can like stay home and 
if I'm working too much, play with the chickens for that. <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and when they nap, work. And then I hope they nap more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you want them to take lots of naps. Yes, lots of naps. Yeah. got to actually work. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's 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 crazy to me. Um, my mom grew up in the Soviet Union, so in mm. Russia, so completely different uh, philosophy on kids and on parents and. And what the parents didn't need to be there. They needed to birth the kid and send him off to school so the government would raise them. Hmm. So my mom hated that. And then when she grew up and she uh, just remembered, and she, I mean, she, even though she's uh, 50 plus, she's still dealing with the trauma of the way she was raised. Hmm. So she wanted to avoid that with me. So she kind of raised me as a full-time mom, even though she was a doctor and full-time work and still I never remember a day when she wasn't there or she wouldn't mm-hmm. pick me up or she wouldn't let me skip school and go shopping with her so I think it's just the dynamic of the way kids are raised has changed so much mm. the balancing act will always continue I feel like whatever your parents may lack if that's what you want to call it usually a kid balances out so mm. your kid is actually literally a response to who you are so if they're cool it's either your <laughs> <laughs> it could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but my kid's cool. My kid's, <laughs> Your kid's cool. Dope. Yeah, yeah I don't dope. think I'm she's responsible like, for that. Like, I don't even understand it. She's cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, she draws people in too. Yeah. That's awesome. People pick that up about her. It's that energy, man. She's like she's the same a, person. She's though. an old soul. She's, she has like the same person. Yeah, she and yeah, I. It's are. like I, I, allow me to pry. It's like yeah. I feel like you gave her permission to be all the things that you saw in yourself. Mm. But it's who you are. Like she's like she's your essence. Kind of who I want to be. Like, <laughs> like if I can go back and do she's it. Like, no, she's like you yeah. condensed into another being. But I'm like, yo, that's you. And like you just gave her permission to do all the things. I that love you wanted. that. I love that image that you're giving me yeah. right now. Like because I kind of feel that way. Like Good job. she's so cool. Yes. Yeah. We, should, we, should, we should interview her. Let's get her on here. Get her on here. When I told her I was coming to do this, she was like, I don't want to go. So maybe, maybe, maybe Ask she's her. your We're next guest. Him. Ask her about it. You know she's been on the news. What? She had yeah. an article written about her. Like, yeah, her. she was like, I'll show you. I'm she like, a what's video. Going on? She was making masks and, um, like, she was way progressive. She was That's making awesome. masks, like, day two of quarantine. And, oh. um, and she, she was... She was before they were cool. Yeah, she was giving them away. Like, <laughs> well, what she understands is giftism, right? Yeah. Like, some people have money and some people don't. And mm-hmm. so to make something accessible to everyone. So it was like, pay what you can. And um, so, yeah, so the news so came sweet. out and did a story on her. Story. I love an entrepreneur at heart. She is. She That's is. Awesome. Yeah, she told me today she's going to be a millionaire at age 31 and she's going to live Probably in, sooner. Ka- in Kauai. Kauai. Mm-hmm. Where's- in Hawaii, I'm oh, saying it oh, wrong. Kauai, 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 Kauai. You like the Q U? Yeah. Okay. K U. Yeah, that's where she's gonna live. She's gonna be a millionaire. She's watching her investments in the trade. Twenty six. By twenty six, she's going to probably. Yeah. So right. So to your point, like I love what you said. You know, my parents didn't talk to us about finances. You know, my parents, they're their own. Time. Maladjustment with yeah. with money and and so like that's a gift that we got to talk to her about when we started understanding it and started putting our focus and attention with that's Dave so Ramsey, yeah. right? The and financial education, is the just financial education, financial is literacy, critical oh, yeah. because there's so much we don't know and it's. And not nobody's shared. Talking about it, right? Nobody's talking yeah. about it. Oh, exactly. No, so I'm I'm thankful that we were able to be able to offer this to her um, 
because... Yeah, you're setting her up for success. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, um, what would you... You've had a... You had a, your journey is way more than what you shared today, by the way. I know you told me things. So her journey is, <laughs> is off the chain, right? <laughs> so uh, from your journey, and I like that you are very conscious that you're still learning. The mm. journey is happening as we speak. It's in real time, and it doesn't end. It doesn't end until it's over, mm-hmm. if, it, if that's the thing. So what would you, how would you condense, what, what knowledge, what advice can you give back to someone? What would you give to Emily? What advice would you give to Emily? Oof. Grasp on to love, love for self. Say that one more time. Grasp on to love for self. Grasp like when on. you lose that, you kind of lose your way. Grasp on to love yourself. Grasp on to self-love. Grasp on to self-love. Yeah, right. yeah. Grasp, Grasp on, on to self-love. And yeah. I don't even know where that came from, but I just think that's so fundamentally important, you know, no matter what your life to, life experiences are. And my second would be, Find a mentor, like find somebody who you trust and somebody who can watch and you can learn from um, and bow, bow, and bow, honor bow, that person. Bow, like bow, bow. stay with them and learn from them. It won't be the same person throughout your journey. But you'll have multiple ones, but watch. Keep your eyes open and present um, and look for miracles. They're happening every day. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. That's any, good advice. You have any questions? I don't think so, no. I think we asked We the definitely got to have you back on. Oh, absolutely. We'll do a part you two. You way oversold me, so I just want to uh, No, that. I did not. Uh, hey, we're going to yeah. dive deep next time. No. Uh, how do we, what's the name of your, your company, your business? Uh, move with Katrina. Move with or moving with? Move with. Move, move with, with Katrina. Like you have a website and where we can find you? I do. Uh, KatrinaMosley.com. Okay. Um, How you move with Mosley? Katrina. It's M O S E L E Y. Double E. Okay. We'll put it um, in the bio so everybody can thank click you. On that. Yeah. Um, find me on Facebook and Instagram at Move with Katrina. And that's it. Awesome. Thanks thank for you. having me, you guys. 22, yeah, y'all. Thank you for I told you, man. <laughs> it's, it's deep over here. It is. No, it's amazing. Your journey has. And your, listening to your journey has been very interesting and amazing. I love it. I love interviewing real people. So with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. You don't got to be the man. But you can always be the boss. Boss, boss, boss. boss, boss. boss.